going on, everybody? Welcome to the UGASports.com, all things Georgia call-in show. I'm with my co-host, as always, Andy Stowe and Eddie from Ackworth. And we're joined by a special guest, 680 The Fans, John Michaels. You see that uh, Miami background there? We'll get to that, folks. <laughs> He's not leaving out of here. But we appreciate him joining us uh, so much. And, uh, you know, how we do, we'd love to know where you're watching us from. So if you're watching, go ahead and put into the comments section. We'll get it up here on the screen. And then also, if you have any questions, make sure you put those into the comment section as well. Those help this show, uh, you know, keep going so I don't have to just keep talking and, and Andy and Eddie had to listen to me. So uh, we've got Foster here already. Foster, what's up, man? How are you? But uh, guys, we'll start off with the Georgia Bulldogs like we do most shows. And I got a text from uh, my father-in-law and he said, man, they didn't look that impressive. And I think I've come to terms with the fact and John, I'll start with you, and we'll just kind of go around the, the room here. I've come to terms with the fact that this team just doesn't really get up for, for games that they don't have to. Uh, they, they play down to their competition when they have to. We saw what they did against Kentucky. But Vandy, 11 o'clock, you're, you're in a wedding tent getting dressed. You know, it, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't something that they, they really wanted to do, I don't think. Yeah, Paul, you have to remember, and I know you guys do, these are 18 to 22-year-olds, and there are times that human nature kicks in. I said last week on the fan when they were getting ready for Kentucky, I said the worst thing that could have happened to Kentucky was them having a number next to their name, 21, 20. Because yeah, yeah. now Kirby Smart can look in and go, look, guys, we're playing a ranked team. We're on TV where everybody's going to be watching us, and we want to put an example and make an example of them. And they did exactly that. I got to get into this, and I get it. Vanderbilt's doing a, you know, oh, it's a $50, $100 million revamp of their stadium. Come on, man. <laughs> Go play, go play in the Titan Stadium. Go play in a high school. I mean, the fact that you've got the number one team in the country, a wedding tent was being nice. That yeah. was that mm-hmm. when I worked at 790 one. The Zone. I think we set up one of those tents outside of Tony's for an yeah. AFC NFC championship. Yeah, you you don't did. bring the national champs in for that. Like, come on, dude. We got to do better than that. Yeah, that was uh, – and I, I, th- I thought about that on our show yesterday. We, we have an overreaction show. We just overreact about everything, John. And and one of my comments was, hey, maybe they talked to the Titans about playing there. And the Titans were like, hey, you can't fill this stadium up, though. So play at your own. Eddie? Probably could have filled it up with red and black. I mean, come yeah. on. Right? Right? Sure. Well, let me say this first of all. I, I'm upset with my quarterback, Carson Beck, because uh, – the rumor is at halftime, we were up 24 to 7, and he was in the locker room tweeting out on his Instagram how to buy <laughs> his gear. So that that's not a good look for Carson Beck. Of course, I'm kidding, guys. That's what Shadur Sanders did at Colorado. And the reason I say that is because Kirby Smart would never in a million years let that happen. And if it did happen, the kid would probably be off the team the next day. I just found that amusing that Shadur Sanders was doing that up 29 to nothing at halftime, tweeting out how to get his Instagram gear. How did that, how did that game, how did that game go? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right, Paul. You hit the nail on the head. Uh, that game didn't go so well, but, but this Georgia game also, you kind of, you kind of slip walk through it, Andy. Yeah. So I said on the POS yesterday, I said, good teams beat the teams they are supposed to beat great teams cover. But then I started thinking about it. Two weeks ago, we played Kentucky, and they were saying, oh, Kentucky may beat Georgia. Georgia killed them. So it's like, hey, maybe they just sleepwalk through these teams, and then, you know, then when they got to get up, they can get up. So maybe that's the – I mean, maybe this is just a team that knows what to do. So, yeah, I don't know. They, I mean, they didn't look great, but I don't know. A win's a win, and they go on to Florida. So, I, I mean, overall, I think it was okay. I, 
I was real critical of the defense at first, but then when you go back and look, there was only like two plays. It was like almost 100 yards. So, I mean, they only gave up, was it 20-something yards running? Was it yeah, it was, it, was, it was tiny, yeah. Yeah, I like how you put that in there, Eddie, because uh, people that are listening to the podcast tomorrow, they're going to have little mini heart attacks for about five seconds uh, <laughs> when you're talking about that. So, good job. Good job. Thanks for scaring the fans there. Um, Nothing wrong with a mini heart attack. As long as they're massive, you know, a mini one's okay. Yeah, yeah. Get it. Yeah. Maybe get it back into rhythm. You know. Right, right, um, right. Uh, John, so over there on six A, the fan. Are you guys critical of this team, or is this just like what's the what's the vibe on the morning show? You guys got like ten guys on that show, so like, <laughs> we do. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. It's a good thing. Some days I could just when I don't feel like talking, I could take some time off, which is not a bad right. thing. But we've got such a good mix. You know, a couple of guys that love college football, and me, Joe, and uh, Hut pro football lovers and home team and Finn. And then we all kind of like baseball and everything else. The vibe is honestly, I still don't know what UGA is. Mm -hmm. um, I know they're one of the four or five best teams in the country. I truly believe if they lined up against any of the other ones, whether it's Ohio state or Washington, Florida state, Georgia's going to be a favorite and their big game situation is probably going to allow them to go out and win these type of games. But I still don't know who they are. You know, from quarter to quarter, from half to half, yeah. one half they look great. You know, they mm -hmm. played the second half against Auburn, a second half against South Carolina where they look like the best team in the country. Kentucky spurts against Vanderbilt. But I think it's a focus thing, and it sucks. You lost the Oklahoma game to have to play Ball State. That that meant you, that meant you had the whole first month of the season playing nobody. Florida, because they won yesterday, will probably have your attention, and it's the cocktail party. I know people get, oh, you can't call it the cocktail party. It's always yeah. the cocktail party for me. Yes. And Tennessee somewhere down the road, maybe Missouri, they get your attention. But truthfully, until that first Saturday in December in Atlanta, playing either LSU or Alabama, there's nobody on the schedule unless Georgia plays a D game that's going to beat this football team. I've said that all along, and that's that. I think, John, I think that's the scariest part, though, is that you yes. could go undefeated, and then you get inside the bins, and it all kind of falls apart. Unfortunately, that's well, what I what I'm concerned about. Who in the West can beat Georgia? LSU and and Alabama are those are those the only two schools? I think they're the only Texas A&M. I don't think Texas A&M can do it. I mean, well, Texas a and I think they're like there's only two teams that still have a chance to beat them is yeah. uh, LSU and Alabama. And so they're the only two that are going to make it. I, I think it's going to be Bama, right? It's yeah. Do you? Well, you know, John, I don't trust John, Bama as far as yeah, I can yeah, that's what I was going to say because John just brought up who is Georgia. Well, I can guarantee you right now there are people in Tuscaloosa saying who the hell is Alabama? We right. barely no, yeah. beat Arkansas at home. We won by three points and had every opportunity to lose that football game. So if you look across the landscape of college football, I mean, yeah, there's four or five teams. Georgia included, who are the upper echelon, but that upper echelon is is a mixed bag of things. Yeah, you could say probably Michigan because they've been blowing out their competition, but who have they really played, right? We don't know. I mean, it's just it's it's so weird. But John, I think you're right. Georgia is Georgia's dry, and I'm a I'm a fan, I'm a graduate, so you know how I feel about them. They drive me crazy because you watch them and you're like, oh, okay, that's the number one team in the country. Oh, wait a minute. That's the number 10 team in the country. Wait a minute. There's the number one team in the country. Oh, no, no, that's the eight team in the country. It's just this constant thing that they can't seem to, to put it all together. Yeah, the great thing about that, though, you're having all that conversation. Eddie, I've known you a long time. For a long time, it was 
how the hell did we just lose to Vanderbilt or how oh, yeah. the hell did we just yeah. lose to South yeah. Carolina? Yeah. So now the nitpicking is, oh, we only won by 17. Sure. I wish I wish I had those first world problems. <laughs> That's what the dogs have right now. That's what Michigan fans are saying right now. They're saying, okay, we're winning 52 to 7, but guess what? Nothing matters until Penn State, Ohio State, and then the playoffs. So yeah. those are good problems to have. But I think the best thing you just said there is you can look around the country and you really can nitpick anybody. Mm-hmm. Washington looks really good. I think the Huskies are good. Mm-hmm. But can their defense stand up against an SEC offense? Because I saw them get moved around a lot yesterday against yeah. Oregon. Same thing with Oklahoma. I know Brent Venables has changed the culture at Oklahoma. They had the huge win against Texas. Texas had some self-inflicted wounds. You had first mm-hmm. and goal at the one with a chance mm-hmm. to really put that game away and couldn't get it done. Ohio State, you know, it took them to have Notre Dame have a brain fart at the one-yard line, not have enough people on the field, or yeah. Ohio State would have a loss. Mm-hmm. So, North Carolina, I'm not buying. I know they kicked the crap no. out of the range yesterday. Guess what? Uh, I think we could throw 11 together and take the heart of that group. <laughs> so so i wanted to ask you this before we move on to other sports john with you being a miami fan i know eddie wants to troll you and i'll let him do that but um as as a as a fan of a team that you know you have these high hopes and, and it's kind of where georgia fans were and i feel like kind of back to your point georgia fans have forgotten what it feels like to go into every game and be like man this could be a win or this could be a loss like they're, they're those tough games and Yes, we nitpick them. I mean, we have an overreaction show where people come on and, and it'll be, you know, 50, 65 to 7 in the national championship game. People find yeah. something to you know, complain about. But that's why we do the show. We love it. But as a as a fan of a team that is kind of I want to say where Georgia was. How does it feel to to be there now? Because I don't think Georgia fans understand that. It feels like utter crap. You know, you look at the beginning of the year. And I have become a lot more of a realist than I was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I thought, you know, we should always, and I say we, Miami should always be in that spot where they can contend with anybody. They have the greatest recruiting area, obviously had a 20-plus year run where they probably could have won 10 national titles, Mm -hmm. came away with five of them. And since then, they've lost their way. And this year, it felt like, okay, with the transfer portal, with another great recruiting class, you got guys to come back to school. Things are supposed to be there. And unfortunately, in a 30-second brain fart a week ago, where Mario Cristobal forgets that with 37 seconds left, you take a knee and you get a W, I think he changed the trajectory of the year. This was a 9 or a 10-win team. They've got talent. And then you give away a game that you have won – And you could see last night, the first sign of adversity in the second half, that team turtled up and ran away. Mm -hmm. And it's probably going to happen this week. I think Clemson goes in there and and 14 pieces them at minimum. They're going to be lucky to win two or three more games. And now you're going to be sitting at seven and five going, what the hell happened? That's where, and Paul, I think you said this spot on. Georgia fans, for times, need to remember that that was them. That was nine three. That was 10 and two. You know, the one game I've ever been to at Georgia, you lost to South Carolina's third-string quarterback in 2019. Like, oh, man. Those, those are the games that I deal with now looking, going, how in the hell did we let Georgia Tech stay in a game? It's well, so coming, coming from – oh, go ahead. You got no, it. go ahead, Andy. So coming from a team from Miami, when you look at what Georgia has now, you look at what Kirby – like Kirby would never have made that call with that Cristobal made. Like, And that's what, you know, Kirby's one of maybe two or three guys in the country that – doesn't make the dumb mistakes. Like it, I know from, you know, the Rick era to now, like I am appreciating this because it's like your worst day, you're still better than 95%. So, I mean, it's like, I, it's kind of, you're the, I mean, you're the, 
I don't know, the class of the field. It's, it's, I mean, it's pretty awesome, you know, being, seeing Kirby do his thing and not have to worry about the crazy stuff. You, you say that, Andy, but he did make some dumb mistakes. Yeah, when he, he first started up on the job, he made yeah. some bad mistakes. So I wasn't going like, to correct you. Yeah. I mean, he really It did. wasn't like that. That's the worst call that's ever happened. And well, I mean, never I, seen. I, John, I'm not trying to pick a scab here at all. Oh, you I, are. I, he I, is. Well, he is. it's no, still really bleeding, not. So it's not even a scab. <laughs> you, called, you called it a brain fart, John. Yeah. A, a brain fart to me is just a, a mistake. That is, he literally had to turn around. The guy was in shotgun. And he had to catch the ball and then hand it off. Mm-hmm. And then they fumbled. What, yeah. Who in the history of college football has ever done that? I don't oh, understand I, I can what give that you is. And how I is he not fired when the clock hit zero, John? Try, if you saw my tweets, I said it was the dumbest play yeah. I've ever seen. And I was on the sidelines for Dan Quinn and Kyle yeah. Shanahan for getting oh, all you need to do is run the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. So this was worse because, you know, the Super Bowl, there were still three minutes left. Mm-hmm. You were trying to kick a field goal to go up two touchdowns. Kyle Shanahan was trying to be aggressive, and we don't need to relive that because that pisses me off every time I think about it. <laughs> Mario, I was being nice with brain fart. This has happened three times in college mm-hmm. football history. Kevin Steele did it in 1999 as a head coach of Baylor. They had four. It was a goal to go situation at their own at the one going into win. All you got to do is take a knee. They ran a play, fumbled it. UNLV returned it 99 yards for a touchdown to win. Mario Cristobal also did it in 2000 in, in Oregon. Yeah. And here's here's the biggest thing. Javon Holland played safety at uh, Oregon at that time. He's now safety for the Dolphins. I'm good friends with the guys that do afternoons in Miami. They had Javon Holland on Monday after Mario forgot to take a knee. Javon Holland said at Oregon, when that was transpiring, the defensive players were untaping. They were taking their gloves off. They were like, game's over. Yeah. And now you got to go back out and make a stop. So, yeah, it was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Uh, It led off what was a terrible week of sports for me. These last seven days between what the Canes have done, what the Falcons did today, and what uh, the Atlanta Braves didn't do, it it felt like old Atlanta, and I don't like it at all. Yeah. Did he lose? Did he lose the locker room? I mean, has the team turned on him, or I don't think so. But he's lost a lot of the fan base. I'll tell yeah, you that. Yeah. Much. I mean, how can the fan base stand behind that? I don't understand. How do you defend that? How yeah, there's you, no defense. How do you stand up there and say this was what I was thinking? There, there is no thinking with that. I don't think there is. I don't think yeah. there is. Uh, real sorry, quick, sorry, we, John, we picked it enough. That's I'm okay. Not, sorry. Before we get on to uh, before we get off of Georgia, uh, Ronald Taylor says, "What's y'all's opinion on the rest of the Georgia season? We all agree, probably undefeated." Yep. Until SEC championship game, yeah, uh, they're going to the playoffs. Uh, it, yeah. it, here's the thing: if they're undefeated, which they will be, and get to the SEC title game, even if they lost the game to LSU or Bama, there is no chance unless they lost like sixty to nothing, which isn't happening. There's no chance the committee goes, "We're going to take out a one-loss back-to-back national champion and not put yeah. them in the playoffs." I, I don't know that I agree with you. Really? I don't know that I agree with you. I I think if Georgia goes out there and loses to Alabama or LSU, I think they're out. Now, now, now I, I will say that depends on what happens around around the rest of the country, right? But right. I think if Georgia goes out there and and I say last second field goal, they lose to Alabama or LSU, I think there's a notion to put a Washington in there or you know, uh, North Carolina, say, if they come undefeated, they're going to put them ahead of Georgia because I think the committee's sick of this with the SEC. I really do. 
And uh, you I, might be right. And I was going to say with that. And the, the schedule. The schedule's yeah. terrible. The schedule doesn't help them, but yeah. the cachet of being back-to-back national champions does. And I think what you just said about teams cannibalizing each other, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan all play each other. Yeah, so you have to assume two of them are going to take losses, if not yeah. all three of them. Washington's yeah. already maybe knocked out Oregon. They'd potentially have to play Oregon again in a Pac-12 championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, North Carolina's going to lose somewhere. Florida State, the only place I could see them losing at this point is probably in the ACC championship game against yeah. North Carolina. But that's going to leave it down to one or two undefeated teams. And even if LSU, if LSU, especially if it's LSU, they've already got a couple of losses. They're mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think Georgia will get in. Now, what Georgia can ill afford is a loss during the regular season and then another loss because the committee has always showed now two losses, you're done, done. Yeah, yeah. And TCU, and- TCU lost their championship game last year and still got in. And so, I mean, I, there's no way they'll keep Georgia out if it's a one loss. They're, Two they're years in. ago, Georgia lost the championship game. And exactly, got won the national championship. Yeah, I'll tell you, there's one game to circle on the schedule. It's, it's Ole Miss versus Georgia. Ole Miss is going to win every game until they get to Georgia. They're going to be, they're going to be looking pretty good. That's that's probably the toughest toughest task left. Jeff Rollins uh, asks. He says, "Dude, JM, I loved you on nine two nine. Where are you at now?" Yeah, uh, six eighty. The fan. I've been there for a few years. We do mornings from six to ten. That the old station. Uh, we'll, we'll just say I'm not there any longer. Right, John, <laughs> John, since we're on that topic, will you talk about your show and the and the four other people you have and and where people can listen to you six to ten on six eighty yep. the fan? Go ahead. Absolutely, six to ten Monday through Friday on six eighty the fan. Download our app is probably the best way. Six eighty the fan app. You can listen to it whether you're out in Athens, whether you're out you know, in the suburbs around Atlanta or whatnot, or 93.7 FM if you're inside the city. It's myself, home team Brandon Leak, who if you're not familiar with him, he's been doing radio for 25 years in Atlanta, one of the best dudes you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Finner and former Falcon, longtime 680 morning host. He's there as well. Hudson Mason, former dog quarterback, also making calls on ESPN. And then who should have won the Heisman in 1999, Joe Hamilton's with us as well. And he's on the Georgia Tech radio broadcast. So I'm the only... I guess I'm the only one that doesn't have true, true ties to Atlanta, although I've been here 25 years now. I think I've earned my stripes at this point. And, yeah. I, and I'll say this about that show, John. I, I, when it first came up and I was like, five people in the morning? That sounds really, really uh, hard to do, I would say. But you guys do a great job kicking it around. I mean, it's it's just a really good listen. You guys do a fantastic job with all five people because – Five to me seems too many, but it works. True story, Eddie. When we they sat down, because it was Finn and I with Dan Matthews and kind of a, a group. And oh, Danny team, boy. Yeah, home team, home team and Joe were doing uh nine to eleven, and then Hutt was on with Buck. Mm-hmm. When they came to us, and I've said this openly, so it's not a surprise. When they came to us and goes, the five of you guys are gonna be together, I I literally raised my hand. I go, Who are you trying to fire? Yeah, <laughs> really? Oh, a hundred percent. I've been in radio long enough where they throw something together. You go, oh, boy, somebody's getting let go. But luckily, none of us have. Um, We're all – I knock on wood. We all re-sign contracts for a long term. So I got a feeling our show's going to be here as long as they want to keep us, which I'm glad with, uh, you know, because this business is, as you guys well know, you could be here today and be on the streets tomorrow. So I'm thankful for everything the fan has given me a chance to do. That's awesome. Apparently, uh, you used to have a Falcons win parody song. Oh, yeah, I did my Falcon raps every Monday. Yep. <laughs> yep. I remember those well. Victory Monday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, so that's that was a, a, that's 
I was going to say, that's a great transition uh, to the uh, Atlanta Falcons of today, which there, I'm sure there won't be a wrap tomorrow, uh, obviously, <laughs> with this Falcons team. Man, um, boy, that was a tough watch. That was um, – I think I've I've watched Red Zone the first couple of weeks, and I was really intrigued with that. And so I kind of – this week was the first time I honed in, watched the whole Falcons game, first snap to last snap, didn't have any uh, distractions. And that's mm, – that quarterback, man, and, and the decisions that are made – like I, I really want to I, I came into the season. I was like, man, and, and you look back at how Russell Wilson was third round pick. You're able to build around him because he didn't have a huge contract. I was like, maybe that can be Desmond Ritter. Right. For these Falcons, you build around him. You don't have to pay him a ton of money. I, I don't think that's the case, though. It's just this guy, John, take the words out of my mouth, man. You, you do it for a living. I mean, it's he's, it's just not fun to watch. Yeah, He's an unproven entity. And I think the biggest problem I have right now is Arthur Smith's not putting him in position for easy plays. I mean, you look around and I watch a lot of games. I'll have my iPad on one. I got the Falcons on the big screen and I'm flipping back and forth and I'll watch other offenses that just look fluid. You know, other offenses where it's okay. If I need a five yard throw, I can find an easy five yard throw Everything for this team just feels like a grind. They're not running the ball nearly as well as they did a year ago, which is surprising because you have Bijan back there instead of Cordero Patterson. Your receivers aren't really getting separation. There was a throw to Kyle Pitts today. He catches the in-breaking route and should have been out the gate, and you can just see the leg isn't right. Yeah, he looks slow. He looks slow, yeah. Yeah, he looks like he's got some giddy-up in the leg. And then Desmond Ritter, you're talking about a guy with 10 starts. They put all their eggs in that basket. And they said, this is going to be our guy this year or not. The, the lucky thing is you're in such an awful division. Three yeah. to three, you're yeah. tied for first. Could have been all alone in first today at four and two. But Ritter just doesn't feel like a guy that without help around him can really carry anything. But, John, there – I'll go to you, Andy, next, but there is there is help around him. According, right, they had a first-round running back, a first-round wide receiver, and a first-round tight end. And I think before last week, it might be uh, – I don't know how many caught this week. Your leading receiver was Jonu Smith. Yep. Mm-hmm. And not any of those guys. They they have the talent according to, you know, first-round picks, right? But, I mean, it's, it's just it, – like you said, it's tough football to watch, yeah. and every yard is – a absolute grind. Andy? Well, you see them struggling to get the play in, and then you see them on the sideline, Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter arguing with one another. And, I mean – Are you talking about the timeout right there at the end? The, spike the ball, to get, <laughs> and then you take a timeout because you couldn't get a play in. And then you see them on the sideline arguing with each other. It's Arthur Smith. I think he is in over his head, and I just – I don't think he's a very good coach. I, I mean, I just don't think he's – yeah, he's not interested in winning. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's that. I just don't think he's good at it. <laughs> I mean, I just don't think he's a good coach. And I mean, you can't get the play in. If, if the quarterback is over there telling you we didn't get the play in and he's fussing at the quarterback, you know, I guess Matt Ryan tried to take, you know, try to take up for Arthur Smith a little bit. He was saying, Well, you know, you gotta you gotta be able to learn that and then you you're the quarterback, blah, blah, blah. But it's it's gotta be Arthur Smith. They're they're not organized, they do not get going. I mean they went. Let's say they had a they had a um, fall, or they had a delay a game, and they sp- had a play, spiked the ball, and was about to have another delay a game, and had mm-hmm. to take a timeout. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Their last timeout. Their last yeah, last timeout. Yes, well, very last one they had. Is it time for is it time for uh, Arthur Blank to look for a new head coach? That was Are you last talking year. to me. 
I'm talking to whoever wants to answer that. I'll answer that. <laughs> yes, but he won't because that's his billionaire buddy. buddy. And and Andy, you just went through a lot of good stuff, but you left out the one thing. Please explain to me when you score a touchdown oh. and you're down by eight, eight. a touchdown mm-hmm. and you go for two. What are you doing? And then the other team commits a penalty, so you move it a little closer, and then you go for two again, and you don't get it. Guess what? You're chasing those points the rest of the game. What are you doing, Arthur Smith? I thought that was the – we talked about Mario Cristobal being the dumbest person on the planet last week. Mm -hmm. I think Arthur Smith is the dumbest person on the planet this week. (laughs) How do you defend that, John Michaels? That was ridiculous. You don't. The problem is there are, and I hate to call them nerds, but there's nerds, and we'll get into this with Brian Snicker as well. They're nerds that are called analysts who have these stupid charts. And the new thing in the NFL, this didn't just Arthur Smith. I've watched a lot of coaches do this. They say the percentages are actually easier to hit one of the two two-point conversions than just going to hit two extra points. So the thought process is you go for the first one, which I don't agree with at all. The analytics are telling them, go for the first two-point conversion. If you get it, then you pick the extra point the next time you win the game by one. If you don't, the percentages you will get the second one and you'll still be tied. It makes zero sense. Yes. Wait, 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 wait. Let me stop you there, John. Is that because the, the, the extra point has been pushed back? Is that what the analytics are talking about? Because when did that, is, when did, Koo, Koo is, he nails extra right. points. Who but when did that come about? I don't feel like that was a thing last year. Or the year. I mean, the, yeah. the field goal has been pushed back for a while. Yeah, it's been right. the last right. couple of years. If, if yes. you watch, is, watch some of the games around the league, you'll see teams down two scores, especially in the fourth quarter, sometimes going for two. Again, I don't agree with it at all. We're going to yell at Arthur Smith tomorrow. I think it's one of the dumbest things ever. But that's that's the analytics. And again, that's where you have too many chefs in the kitchen. You have too many people in the ear trying to tell people what's supposed to work. Eddie, we've watched football for 40 years. You know what? You line up, you kick the extra point, you're down seven. The next time you get it, you score a touchdown, and then you tie the game. Yeah. That's it. Well, my yeah. prediction, I texted Andy and Paul. I said, we're going to lose this game because of that two-point conversion. We're going to go down. Now, we didn't. But, right. I mean, we're going to go down there and score, and we're not going to get the two-point conversion. We're going to lose. And how's Arthur Smith going to answer to that? You know? Yeah. It's just stupid as hell. It makes yeah. no sense. And you know what? The damn Falcons, That's all. They, they live to antagonize me and all the other fans <laughs> who root for this team. They oh, live man. for it. It's just ridiculous. And you know where it starts, John Michaels? You can comment on this if you want. It starts with Arthur Blank. It's the very top. Since since he came to the sidelines when it was 28-3 to and he was down there on the sidelines looking so happy, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Since that point, it's been all downhill. All of it. It's been down. It's been downhill when he pushed Michael Vick in the wheelchair. Well, I, no. I know. I'll give him a break there because we were kind of on the rise at that point. But I think yeah. 28 to 3, it's been downhill. Yeah, the problem with since 28 3, you've been chasing that fourth quarter for six years now. Yeah. The year, the year after that, you ran it back basically. And and again, you're in Philadelphia with second and goal at the three with a chance to go back to the NFC title game. You can't get it, you can't get the ball in the end zone. The great the greatest receiver in the history of football, right? And he right. can't catch the football. Can't catch the ball. The year after that, game one, you lose Grady Jarrett, Deion Jones, Keanu Neal, and I want to say Brian Poole all in the opener, and the season goes sideways. You should have, at the end of 18, gotten rid of Dimitrov and Dan Quinn, yet you let them stick around for 19. 
Well, now 20 comes, you give Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith a full-on pass because it's the COVID year. 21, you give them a full-on pass. I guess it was, I'm sorry, it's 21 and 22. You give them passes because the salary cap was mm-hmm. so screwed up right. from before. Right. All right, so they're really just getting judged based on this year. And now this year, I've said it's playoffs or bust. I don't want to hear anything. You spent 60-some-odd million dollars in cap space. You put this roster together as a group. You have no reason with this soft-ass schedule to not make the playoffs. So will they will they fire Arthur Smith? And no. Do you think that Blake- – Hell no. Oh. <laughs> and that's the point. I mean, they're not going to get rid of him. And you saw he did not let – he didn't let Desmond Ritter play last year. Four games instead of Mariota. Didn't play in the preseason. It's, I mean, it's a waste. Last year was a waste. The preseason was a waste, and this year is going to be a waste as well because he's just learning now. I mean, he's still technically a, a rookie. So, mm-hmm. Andy, that was the biggest malfeasance a year ago. About about the time on Thursday night where Marcus Mariota tried to throw a ball off of his back, yep. um, <laughs> and you had a bye week or a mini bye, exactly. Didn't bench him right then. That told me all I needed to know. And the problem was they held on to the fake hope the mathematical existence that they could have made the playoffs a year ago. Yep. And it wasn't until they were mathematically eliminated they made the change. Then you you played him 19 snaps in preseason, I think, which that, was all one drive. Yep. That is that is. He should have been out there every damn game for a quarter getting some reps. Patrick Here we are Mah- in week Patrick, Patrick Mahomes played in the preseason, guys. If that guy can play in the preseason, the guy that was a third-round pick and has done nothing can play. No, I just... no doubt. So, so uh, you didn't see this because you don't watch our show, John, because, you know, you've got other things to do. And I understand that. But this is uh, actually a, a picture of Eddie here when he gets going. <laughs> he's, he's the old man, yells at Cloud from The Simpsons. Uh, we, you know, we, we love him, but uh, that's that's him. So he, And, and he my loves... question is always, am I wrong? Am I wrong, John Michaels? No, you're not wrong at okay, all. Thank you. Thank you. You can call <laughs> me old man. You can say I'm yelling at clouds, but I'm right. So up until up. Shut John... up, Paul. <laughs> Up until week one, the Falcons had not been over 500 at any point of a season since the, the Philadelphia game at the end of the 17th yeah. season. Mm-hmm. That's the dumbest stat I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Yet we we continue, oh, we're fine. Oh, we're de- no, we're, we suck. We've Now, the team this year is better than they were last year. Defensively, I think Indeed, they're really oh, yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, they've kept us in games week yep. in and week out. But goodness gracious, can we ham no burger, peanut butter no jelly? We can never have things nice at the same damn time. I need sugar in my tea, so it's sweet tea. Yeah, it's and the thing is, like you were at home, right? Desmond Ritter hasn't lost it. That's what we've heard, right? Desmond Ritter, oh, yeah. Ritter hasn't lost at home since you know freshman JV team back at, yeah. in high school. You know, kids a crazy good athlete at home. Well, oh, that's over. Three, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that narrative well, is, is gone now, you know. Let me ask you guys a question about Desmond Ritter. I'll, po- I'll pose it to you, Andy, because Desmond Ritter drives me crazy because he'll throw a ball and I'll be like, holy crap, that was an amazing throw. And then next play, he's throwing an interception or he's making a, a throw in the end zone. It's a pick. Right. It's just It's just this constant thing of – Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. There's no consistency at all. Is that is that because he has no experience and he should have been taking snaps last year? He should have been taking snaps in the preseason, or does he just not have the talent? I mean, I think he's got some talent. I don't think we he's. Don't know. I don't think he's. I don't think he's the next Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Okay. But... Okay. Where, where John Michaels? Uh, I'll start with you, and we'll go around the horn. Where, out of the third, where was it? Thirty-two NFL teams, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where Where does he rank right now? 
starting he's, quarterback. He's a he's a bottom six or seven quarterback in this league. Yeah. And I might be being nice saying bottom six or seven. I, I'm trying to think out loud who I would take Desmond Ritter over. Um right. That's, maybe Baker Mayfield. Daniel Jones, I think, is an absolute bum, although I'm not sure how Desmond Ritter would perform up there. Uh he's yeah, I, better I think, than Zach. He's better than Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There ain't many. There's not yeah, there's not a lot. Uh and you're there, done, by the way. You just you're done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's better than Mac Jones. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I might take Mac Jones, honestly. Like, yeah. like if you're asking me, hey, take this quarterback instead of Desmond Ritter, I might and, and Mac Jones has played terrible football this year, but I might take old Mac Jones. Uh there's not a lot. And hell, even ugh, I don't know. I might take Baker. I really might. If you were to say, hey, swap him out, contracts don't matter. Right. I might take Baker, honestly. I, I might. So there's it's it's tough, man. It's tough uh to kind of get after that. Roger Murray says, can we get Ben out of the VFW and on the show? So we've got a guy, John, that uh, he, he works for us. He's he's crazy. So um, he's <laughs> I don't get us started on him, but uh, he comes out sometimes. He didn't come out last night. Uh, anything else on these Falcons, guys? The, the schedule looked decent for them uh, moving still forward. Does. I mean, I mean, think about it. Yeah, the Buccaneers yeah, are not good. Yeah. Uh, the Titans are terrible. The Vikings might be on a fire sale by the time we play them. Yeah. Cardinals aren't good. The Saints aren't good. The Jets aren't mm-hmm. good. The Bucks aren't good. The pa- I mean, this is set up where if you can play, what are you, six games in, you've got 11 games left. Can you go Can you go seven and four and finish it? Because ten, 10 and seven is going to win this division, I think. I mean, well, I mean, the the Saints lost today. The Bucks lost today, right? right? The Panthers and, are winless. And, 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 and yeah, I mean, as long if the Saints lose, I'm I can I can salivate. I can, I can deal with the Falcons' loss as long as the Saints lose. It doesn't matter. And the division but, is right there. It, would you rather them win the division, or would you rather them just completely tank and get a better draft no, pick? No, no, no. no. What, I, what are they going to do with a draft pick? Right. What have they done? <laughs> what, what are they going to do? We're going to draft eight, and we're going to leave. We're, we'll we're, probably we're, draft another tight end. Another tailback or something. It won't be Brock Bowers. It'll be some tight end from Iowa or some bullshit. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Paul. Put it up. No. Yelling at clouds. <laughs> I already got you're rid not, of it. Or I you're would. not wrong. I, I never believe in tanking because – I, I think the last time I've seen Eddie face-to-face might have been in 2016 at the Georgia Dome as we play Green Bay. There's mm-hmm. nothing better than playoff football. I don't mm-hmm. care if you're not a legit Super Bowl contending team. Get me to January where our team actually plays a damn game. I'm tired of watching the other 31 teams in the NFL sit in the playoffs and come December we go, all right, let's look Let's look at mock drafts. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I hate that. I want to look at mock drafts in April. Yeah. Not in December. <laughs> I don't know. I just get tired of looking at the mock drafts when it's because the Falcons went seven and ten, eight and nine, right. nine and eight. I, I'm, yeah, I'm tired of being. And, and, and John, you said that that was the last time I saw you, and that was the greatest night of my life as a <laughs> Falcons fan. There, I'll never forget this. Now, when Julio took that to the house, okay, there was a black woman sitting right next to me. I didn't know her. She didn't know me. We were hugging each other right. and screaming, "We're gonna win the Super Bowl!" Okay, that's what that—that's what we thought when that happened. You remember that? We shut oh, yeah. down the dome with yep. that win, right? And when we we had it, we were done. That was it. We had the best team in the NFL. And and I, I want to come to you on this, John. I want to talk to you. I want I want you to please tell us where you were. I know you were covering the team, right? You were on the right. sidelines for twenty eight yep. to three. Yep. 
So tell us about that night briefly. I, d- I just want to hear quickly Why? from you. Why? <laughs> Why not? Oh, oh, you stop it, Paul. I mean, come on. <laughs> I want to hear from John's mouth what happened that night. So the week, and I have to give the backstory. The week leading up is honestly one of the greatest weeks Look I've at ever. Paul's had. face. Paul. Paul's about to have a fit. Look at. <laughs> I love this. Don't know why. Like I'm this is pain. The bear. So this is pain. Whatever. Week, it's Atlanta. You know that week was one of the greatest weeks I've ever had in this business. Just the chance won. Two, like, right. It was two weeks then. Yeah. Well, yeah. we only went for a week. I'm saying. Oh, that's week, right. It, it was. Yeah, yeah. So the week before. We're still in, in in Atlanta doing shows. And then that Sunday, I flew out with the team with Bo Morgan and Arch and Wes and all the guys, Mike Conti. The rest of what was, you know, I used to work for 92.9 at that point. The rest of 92.9 guys got on the Wade Ford tailgate bus and drove. So Paul Bible, uh, Mark Owens, Mike Bell, Dukes, all of those guys, they were on a bus driving. The whole week, we are rock stars. Like legit, we're rocks. Anywhere somebody from Atlanta went, it was, hey, we want to talk to you. Hey, do this. You know, getting to meet all the heroes of my life, everything. And going into the game, I had supreme confidence we were going to win. We were better. Sure. Than we I remember Tevin Coleman catches the flat route to put us up 28-3, to and I'm standing right next to Aaron Andrews, who I'd gotten to know over the years doing sidelines. I look at Aaron, and I, there. and I fist pump. I go, we're winning the mother Super Bowl, and I go sprinting down the field. We got this. Fast forward, it's 2820. Mm. Julio makes the catch on the sidelines. And remember mm-hmm. who our quarterback mm-hmm. coach was that year. Mm-hmm. Matt LaFleur was a QB coach. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten to be real cool with Coach LaFleur. And LaFleur's high fives me and goes, That's the catch they're going to remember forever mm-hmm. that just won us the Super Bowl. And I'm like, You're right. My wife, who, who is a Saints fan, oh, gosh. Out against me. Text me at the end of the third quarter and goes, babe, you're going to get a Super Bowl ring. How awesome is this? And then every time, and I've never gone back and rewatched the end of the game. I've never once watched a snap from that game. Watching it was like watching a scary movie when you know Jason Voorhees was about to lop your head off. But you're watching it in slow motion. And I'm going, please, let me be the one guy that escapes. Or let us as a unit, be the one guy that escapes. And we don't. And I I, I openly, I'll tell you, I cried on the side. I had tears mm-hmm. in my eyes leaving the mm-hmm. field. Mm-hmm. I had to then go upstairs and do an hour and a half post-game show Ugh. in the booth with Mike Conti. Poor Mike Conti. I looked at him and I said, don't ask for an ounce of analysis. Then the funniest, it's not even funny. I was staying at the team hotel, so I take the last bus back to the hotel. I get there and every, like our hotel was literally like Fort Knox. Arm security, M16. If you didn't have this certain badge, you couldn't get within like 100 yards of the hotel. So we get off the bus. You have to show this badge. I walk in. The players' families were allowed in the hotel for the first time. And a couple mm. of members of the staff tap me and they go, hey, put the bracelet on. Go up to floor, floor four. I go, dude, I'm going to bed. They go, no, no, no. Just go up to floor four. <laughs> Little John, young Jeezy, two chains. You have to remember, Paul, as you're shaking your head, they had to book the Super Bowl party oh, no. as if we're going to win. Well, at this point, we already lost the game. So I went up there and got hammer time. Um, I drank with a lot of a lot of former players. Uh, what was our guy that had the torn Achilles? Uh, uh, Derek Shelby. Shelby's making me take shots of bourbon about this big, hanging out with Matt Bosher, who I got to know really well over the years. And, you know, the players are devastated. But at that point, what do you do? We got music yeah. class and there's DJs. Yeah. Everybody's family's there. 
nobody was really partying, partying. But I was like, there's free alcohol and we leave at nine o'clock in the morning. The quietest flight I've ever been on in my life was that flight home. Nobody said a single word for an hour and a half. And it's unfortunately what went from being the greatest week ever. Obviously, it ended really sucked. Did you get your wish now, Eddie? That's what you wanted. You wanted to hear that? Yeah, I did. I mean, I mean, Paul, we we all live through it. It's okay to talk about it. I mean, my God. I mean, it happened, right? I mean, my God. John hasn't even watched the ending of the game again. And you're making I'll never, I'll never rewatch. He that. doesn't have to. No. He, so, he so you were you were on the Falcons broadcast, so you would have gotten a ring, John? Yep. Oh. Now it would and, not have been like the one that the players get. You know, they get the still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would have gotten a, you know, two thousand dollars. But either way, I'd have been wearing that thing like Aquaman. Do 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 trying to get things right. So yeah, that was that was disappointing. And then living with a Saints fan, every now and then I have to hear her go, We didn't blow a 28-3 yeah, lead. I know. We have a Super Bowl. <sighs> That's what I have to deal with. They, they have a billboard in New Orleans that says 28 to 3, or they did for a they while. They do. I, as I reach up to my A.J. Terrell autographed helmet sitting right above me, going, <laughs> okay, okay, Paul, we can move on now. Yeah, we can. Said, hey, somebody said, gee, thanks, Eddie. I'm not throwing up thinking about it. <laughs> Congrats, Eddie. You got your, you got your wish. Uh, speaking of not getting a ring, well, I guess we'll just go into this as oh, well. The Braves gosh. aren't getting one this year yeah, either. Great. So, uh, you just pile man. the poo on top of the poo, right? <laughs> hey, we got it. It's all things Georgia show. We got to do it, right? So, uh, I and I want to get your take on this, John Michaels. I think the the week off, mm-hmm. and I know I know people say, "Oh, that's a you know you're 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 making a excuse, right?" Three of the four teams that got that week off are not no longer playing. The Houston Astros, they're just a different breed. They're right. born for October. Does that week matter? Man, uh, when I hear our own players say no, I, I'm going to err on the side of no. Now, I now, do you think they'd really tell us yes? No, no. Probably not. Right. <laughs> but right. you just ran into a bus. You, what you ran into, and I think with the Diamondback side as well, what the Dodgers and the Braves ran into were teams that had zero fear of them. Like during the regular season, you think about it. You, if you're the Braves and you pull into – I don't know. Just pick a ring. You you pull into to Texas to play the Rangers, and the Rangers are a really good team. But the Rangers look up, man, this Braves team are monsters. If you pull into Kansas City, oh, my goodness, we got to play the Braves. Philadelphia goes, we've played these dudes 13 times already. We just eliminated them last year. We don't care. The biggest surprise to me was your supposed strength turned into your biggest weakness. I know mm-hmm. people want to bang on Alex Anthopoulos. You didn't trade for a pitcher at the deadline. You lost game in which you gave up three and three runs. Twice. You lo- Now, the 10-run, different story. But you scored zero, five, two, and one. Mm-hmm. That's why you lost the series. They had a batting average of 186 in the postseason. 186. Their on-base percentage was 255. You can talk about Bryce Elder, and I'm not a Bryce Elder fan. We can talk about him all day long and how he got shot. Paul shelled. is. Paul it is. Didn't That's Paul's boy. It's my guy. I mean, it, it didn't matter. They, they hit 186. Like, there's it, – it, I don't care who's pitching. It could be Greg Maddox and John Swaltz and Tom Glavin. But here's the here's the, here's the the thing with that, though. You had a week off. So, you, baseball is a game of – you play 162 games. You barely get any days off. And then you get a whole week off. Your bat's – it, it does something to him. I'm telling you, it does. Eddie, am I, am I wrong there? The Astros don't care about that. 
Look, the Astros are a different beast. Like they are. They just are. And why are we why, not? Why, why are they different? What are, what's they different? different? What is different about How the Astros? Are they different? Seven straight ALCSs. Seven straight. Yeah. They what got they, they got different. They got heart and nuts. <laughs> we I did mean, we did for three innings of this. Yeah, we, right. Yeah, we did that that uh what was it, game two? We had yep. we had it in that game two, you know, and then it went away. There, well, that was I, also my next point, Eddie. <laughs> There, who is the guy that, that brings the juice on this team? You got well, Acuna, you got Acuna, who is uh, he's I don't know if he's a leader yet, right? You, I, who is the leader on this team? You look back when they won the World Series, you had leaders, you had Freddie Freeman, you had Dansby there. Uh, who is the leader? That's I think the problem. You look at the Phillies, dude, Nick Castellanos, catch him in an alley, that dude will knock you straight out like he doesn't play. Bryce Harper, that dude's knocking you out. JT Romuto, Trey Turner, like those dudes that you put them up against our guys in like an actual bar fight, we're getting our asses handed to us. There's no, there's no goons on this team. Uh, absolutely right. And, I, and I'm going to say this right now, and it's probably hard to hear. It's fake swagger. I'm sorry. It was fake swagger. Okay. Let's reverse the situation. If Ronald Acuna hits a home run, and stares down Trey Turner for something he said, and then crosses home plate and does this. What happens the next at bat? He takes, one in, the ribs. He takes one in the freaking head. Okay, yeah. whatever. We did. We did none of that. Now I'm not saying you go out there. Hell, and he hit another home run and looked at him again. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. We did not have a dude on this team. Now, all that being said, the dude came up in the seventh inning of that last game with the bases loaded right. and flyed out to center. That yeah, was the fly dude. out is a tough, tough word. That was a he, damn good catch. Yeah, no, he had a great at bat. That care. was the best at bat of the whole series. Yeah. Allen off pitches, doing whatever, yeah. and then he hits one up the alley that they tracked down. Right. If they didn't have that center fielder running a damn 10-200 out there, it's probably getting down. It's an out. He, it, it is. Michael, yeah, if Michael Harris doesn't make an incredible catch, we get swept. Right, yep. so you 100%. can say that all day long. I, I, I mean, are you gonna keep? Are you gonna do that every hey, time look, I'm look, talking I brought about it? Back it? Just for you. I mean, but, but I, am I the I only mean, one that's upset? I, yes, I have gray hair because of because of the uh, teams I root for. Right. Yes, <laughs> I have gray hair. Okay, and I'm I, speaking the truth. I'm I want to ask you this, guys. Go ahead. I want to ask you guys because I I got a lot of pushback from my show. I said before the year this team was World Series or bust. When yes, you put yeah. together a group like that, and I said this, I asked Derek Schiller, the president of the team, is it World Series or bust? Well, he kind of looked at me. He's not, but I am. That's, my job is to, is to analyze and look. They had the best team in baseball, proven out through 162 games. We came back in on Monday. I said, this season's an epic failure. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Finn and they were like, it's not a failure. You don't break all these records. Those records don't mean a damn thing. You know, Who cares? Nothing. Nothing. When Giannis Antetokounmpo got eliminated in the first round and he had that little stupid speech where he said, there's no winners and losers in sports. I said, I said right then, Mike Budenholzer should be fired. And of course, the guys <laughs> on my show thought I was stupid. And about four days later, Mike Budenholzer was fired because you can't have that team and lose. And I'm not saying Brian Snitker should be fired, no. but I got to have a conversation right about now before we turn into the 90s Braves where exactly. we keep winning these stupid divisions and we can't win championships. John, we're already there. Sorry, we're there. I mean, that's two years in a row you've lost to the enemy in right. Philadelphia, okay? You got you got punked two years in a row, right? 
and I keep saying it, it's fake swagger. They came up and, and, and we, and I told my son, he's the biggest Braves fan. He's more than I am. I said, son, I can't wait to sit down with you and watch all these records from the regular season. Right. Jokingly. Who gives you two craps now? None of it means anything because Nothing. we didn't get it done when it mattered. The Phillies did. Okay. And you know, what's the worst part about it? The Phillies are going to have on their ring at a boy Harper. Oh, They're yeah. Describe that on their ring, and we gave them that. I am praying for the Diamondbacks, yeah. or the Astros, yeah. or the Rangers, or somebody. I, it's my, and I like John Kincaid. He's been my boy for a long time. Yeah. I don't need to hear him and those ah, silly-ass clowns because they're already tagging us for the uh, hype video that we oh, did. Of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you guys got yeah, you guys got you guys got that. <laughs> oh, dude, I got random Philly people. How'd you like that? Oh, and you like the canes too. I'm like, you know, this has been a crappy week of sports. <laughs> Makes me wonder, like, why do I love sports so damn much? Because uh we get a lot more heartache, Eddie, than we ever do <laughs> getting that satisfaction, do we? But I, I I want to ask you guys, what do we do about this? Because, I mean, we can go back to the 90s. You win, what, 14 divisions in a row, right? 14. 14? Okay. 14. You got you got one title out of that. One. I, I don't even know how that's fathomable, first of all, if you look back on that. Okay? One. Now we're in another predicament here. Yeah. Two years ago was fantastic. It was It was unbelievable. I'll never forget it. But two years in a row now, we have been eliminated – by the Phillies, mm -hmm. and we had the greatest season probably since the 1921 Yankees. And I'm not exaggerating with that. We really did, and we got eliminated in the first round. So what do we do going forward? Is it is it a pitching problem? Is it a hitting problem? Is it both? Is it neither? Is it a Snitker problem? Because Snitker needs to come into question here, changing the lineup in the first game, keeping Elder in there after Castellanos hits that home run, Right. What do we need to do to change this? Because something needs to be changed next year. John, go. Uh, one, you are in, with, pitching has got to be addressed. You have two starters right now, and that's Strider and Freed. Um, I'm not re-signing Charlie Morton at $20 million. No. I think that's what his team option is. Love yeah. you, Charlie, but that's got to go. Bryce Elder, to me, is a number five at best. I know he had lightning in a bottle for the first half of the season. I don't need to see him. You do have some young guys I'm intrigued with. A.J. Smith-Shaver and the uh, – is it Hudson Waldrop, the young kid that they drafted? Um, yeah, Hudson Waldrop. Yeah. Yep. Those guys I'm intrigued with. But I'm going out and signing somebody. And there are free agents available that you could have. Take that 20 from Eddie, even if it means another eight or nine for somebody better, and go spend that money. Somebody that I could put next to Strider. Because let's be real, there's no guarantee they're going to re-sign Freed long-term. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they're going to. That as well. So, um, and I also think you need to get rid of as, as great as Ozuna played and as much as Eddie Rosario did for you a couple of years ago, I think it's time to maybe facilitate a trade if somebody will take them. Guys that can put the ball in play mm -hmm. in postseason play. So Marcelo Zuna has uh, next year, and then he's got a he's got an option for the year after. Right. He's never going to hit forty home runs again. You've got to trade him. So right, I'm going to ask you guys: Who is your if you could pick your starting five going into next year? Who is it? Uh, Strider, Freed, okay, Smith, Shaver, Elder, Aaron Nola. Okay, not in that order, but I'd I'd love to get Nola. I mean, he's 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 an October pitcher. Team him up with those guys. That that's I'm fine with that. 
I, I I could go with that as well. Um, and I forgot who I looked at. Like a little bit cheaper, you go get a Louis Severini who throws, you know, mid-90s, although he didn't pitch well in New York. We've seen guys in the past not be able to pitch in the Bronx and go other places and get things done. I'd have to go back and look. There were a couple of starters I looked at um, and thought these could be guys that I'd like to see here. Waldrop is the one to me. You're talking about a kid that was drafted. I think was playing in the College World Series in June. <laughs> Yeah. And was it triple A Gwinnett at the end of the year? So I think that kid's got some intriguing promise. Smith Shaver the same way. I also want guys that throw and can strike people out. Yeah. I don't need Bryce Elder's nibbling ass up there in the playoffs trying to hit a spot. No. I need somebody <laughs> that throws 98. Paul's about to cry. You're, right, you're, you're not going to like this. Man. You're not going to like this. Strider, Freed, Trevor Bauer, Aaron Nola. Ooh. That's my See, point. Trevor Bauer's the guy that could – could upset the upper part. He's the guy that brings – talking about swagger. The dude turns around and throws Absolutely. the ball over the center field wall, and, and Tito comes and takes him out. You want swagger? That's a guy to get. Yep. Who knows about his legal stuff? If that'll – I mean, I know it's clear. Well, but I mean, if, if you if you look what he put out, uh, it doesn't look good for her. So no, Yeah, no, no. It's, I think he's clear of that. But, I yeah. mean, hey, mean he the Braves back are willing to go down that road. They did it with Marcelo Zuna, right? Yeah. Friday Braves. Ozuna, Friday Braves. Okay. Well, here's you. Here's your question, though. If they don't pick up Charlie Morton's twenty million option, which I don't think they will, would you cut, re-sign him for ten million and be your fourth starter? No, not at forty. At forty, no. does it stop me from getting somebody else? Is no. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. So here's I. I want Trevor. If, if I can pick any pitchers, Trevor Bauer. I love that guy. He is. He is my guy. I like. But the day he threw the ball over center field, I fell in love with that dude. But. Spencer Strider, Max Reed, Aaron Nola, Charlie Morton as your four, and then you would have A.J. Smith, Shaver, or, or Bryce Elder, or Darius Fines, or Waldrop, or who, or Alan Winus, any of those guys. But if you have Charlie Morton as your four, and he struck out, he averaged like what, eight a game. Is that right? Yeah, yeah but I mean, he couldn't pitch. He he couldn't pitch in the in the NLDS, and it threw our whole thing off. I, I know, I agree, but that's what if you can get him for ten million to be your four, that's pretty good. Dude, how much are you giving up for Blake Snell? He's a free Ooh. agent as well. That's that was the name. I had to go back. I, I was sitting here scrolling while we're talking, trying to find pitchers. Ooh. Blake Snell is a name as a lefty, 30 years old. You know, he's never made more than 10 million bucks in a year. You he's give him good. 20 to 25 over a three-year deal, four-year deal. I'm all in for it. Well, let me ask you this though. Do you give Blake Snell 25 a year and let yeah. Max Freed and let Max Freed walk at the end of the year? Okay, now you're getting a little too crazy, but I would give him 25 million a year. Yeah. Uh, if we're if we're gonna pay Charlie 20, hell yeah, give this. Yeah. He went 14 and nine last year, two two five ERA, 180 innings pitch, and 234 strikeouts. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. does that mean you let Max Freed go? Because if they sign him, they I'll deal with that next year. Look, I'll deal yeah. with that next year. Right. And and the yeah. thing is, I okay, think. Well, then do you do you trade Max Freed if you know you're not resigning? You better. Him, you, trade you, him better. you better. Or, or you're gonna end up like Otani with the Angels. Yep. Uh, Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman walked. Dansby Swanson walked. We didn't get anything. Right. You know what? Freddie, Freddie had one, or Freddie and uh, what's your boy, Mookie Best combined for one hit. So I don't want to hear the Freddie narrative either. This is all fine and good, but this is not what Alex Anthopoulos does. And I don't know if it's because of what's above him. I don't know. He doesn't do these types of things. Y'all know this. He nibbles on the edges with stuff. 
He doesn't sign stuff like this. And he, he makes good trades, though. He, he does make I, good I'm trades. Not, I'm not arguing that, but he, it's it's middle. If I'd have come to you, Paul, two years ago and said, we just got Jorge Soler and Eddie Rosario, would you have been like, yeah, we're going to win the World <laughs> Series? Hell that no. was lightning in the bottle. And Jock Peterson, yeah, that was lightning in the bottle. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, but we, right? you know what? We need a guy like Jock Peterson who didn't no, give a guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. The whole and, and, Jorge Soler was never a leadoff hitter. They said, go hit leadoff. Okay, I'm going to hit the ball 900 feet in Houston. Right. Right. We can't do that now. We couldn't get a guy to hit the damn ball out of the infield. Right. So would you would you re-sign Jock Peterson and get and if you can get you know get rid of, I mean, let Eddie Rosario go, would you re-sign Jock Peterson and maybe platoon him with somebody like Adam Duvall? I mean, Duvall loves Atlanta. Damn, I mean, we're gonna like, love just Duvall. Keep just just add new tread on the back of these tires that have already run out. I mean, right. <laughs> all Frank, is Julio Franco available? We can get, yeah. Him I mean, yeah. yeah. What about Limke? Can he spell yeah, Ozuna? I mean, or, well, we uh, can bring back know. Julio Tehran if you want to go the Julio. Yeah, there you go. No. There you go. It could be no. the starter opening day. Yeah. Yeah. What did they speaking of? I gotta look that up because didn't the Brewers pick him up or something like that? He was pitching for the Brewers. I think he's a yeah. free agent this upcoming year. Yeah, I think they I think they released him. He went uh, three and five with a 440 ERA. Started 14 games. I mean, hell, we could have taken that. Yeah, you know, bring him back. Let him let him start opening day for for next year. See if he can break the record. No um, <laughs> speaking of breaking records, though, I think we broke a record of uh, Eddie being angry tonight. Uh, I think this was. I'm this smiling. Was, Look at. I call it keeping it real. This I'm is the not, same I'm Eddie I've known for a long time, and I, I mean, love it. On. I'm passionate. Come me give me a break. Stop it, Paul. Paul, no, if you I, wanted to see angry, you should have seen me last last Saturday night oh, at yeah. eleven forty. I'm sure. I thought I of you. I thought of you. Living hell out of my sectional in my basement. I no. must have hit that couch with a twenty seven piece combination. I look like Mike Tyson in his pod. <laughs> my wife. I, we we had a party at our house. As, oh as, no! And oh, she goes, no. "Babe, come upstairs and have a drink." I said, "Just leave me." the hell alone yeah and i sat here till three in the morning like a mental patient just staring at the tv <laughs> screaming at twitter like what am i doing no i thought so so that happened we were doing our show we were doing our uh post game overreaction show we were like two and a half hours deep into it i mean we go for like three hours and right. uh somebody's like yo miami just lost a tech and i'm like what i was because I, yeah. I had the scores pulled up on my other monitor right and I, I hadn't looked at it in a couple minutes and i was like they had the ball what's going on and so I get a um I go on Twitter I'm like oh my god and my first thought was like dude somebody needs to check in on John Michaels man make sure he's all right like that's my boy dude like make sure he's good you know, you know John where, where does that come from did you grow up there did you go yeah. to school there I, okay. I I lived in South Florida for 20 almost okay. 20 years and you didn't go to, you didn't go to school in my no, I couldn't afford it it's okay. it's a private school most yeah, people it's a yeah. private school that costs almost $70,000 a year. Really? So, oh, yeah. When really I mean? And I graduated high school in 92. I did get accepted to UM. That was my dream school. And they were like, cool, here's a $20,000 grant. Uh, tell your mom. At the time, it was like 50. Your mom needs to come up with 30 grand. And my mom looks at me and goes, I don't make 30 grand. <laughs> you know, this is 92. Times are a lot different. Yeah. Goes, I can't afford that. And I called and was like, what can I do? And they were like, yeah, nothing. They were like, if you don't have 30 grand, you're not coming to school here. So I didn't go. My grandfather, the story behind it, my grandfather used to sneak into the Orange Bowl in the 50s and watch George Myra Sr. play. He passed down his love of the school because he lived like seven minutes from the old Orange Bowl, maybe 10 minutes. So he passed down his love to me in 1980. So as a six-year-old, suddenly, and I tell anybody, South Florida at the time, you had the Dolphins and the Canes. Canes didn't have a basketball team. 
The Miami Heat didn't exist. The Miami Marlins didn't exist. The Florida Panthers didn't exist. Right. It was the Canes football. It was the Dolphins and Miami Hurricane baseball. That's all we had. So I ended up loving all of those teams, and that, and that was kind of it. Yeah. And unfortunately, look- my poor son has to try to like the Canes. He's like, Dad, they've never been good since I've been alive. Yeah. <laughs> and you name me that. My yeah. God. He's like, thanks. Can I change my name? No. <laughs> Dad, uh, when I turn 18, I'm changing my name to Bulldog. So uh, you can't deal with it. I'm changing my name to Falcon so I can be in some more misery. Oh, God. I'll be a Falcon. Uh, I'll be Freddie the Falcon or whatever. Are you, are you, a, you, are you a Dolphins fan still? Or I no? grew up a Dolphin fan, but uh, working for the Falcons for so long, getting to know everybody from the top of the organization down, it's it, like the NFL, and I, I do still cheer for the Dolphins. I want them to do well. But Sundays I watch Falcons games. The the Dolphins will be on in the background or I'll flip back and forth to stuff. But, oh, no, I, I've been a Falcon fan for about close to 20 years now from the time doing post-game radio to anything. It's like when you're invested and you're invested where you're there and getting to know everybody, um, you know, you, there's no choice but to love those guys. Were you, a fan, were you a fan of the 98 Super Bowl? I moved here in August of 98. Oh, wow. Okay. I remember that Super Bowl. I remember the next day is like, like we were reading, like um, Robinson, you know, got in trouble for soliciting a prostitute. I'm like, what's going on here? And well, I was in like, Miami. That's, that's what that yeah. was. I mean, I was like in like ninth grade or 10th grade. And I was like, what is going on? I was like, you're a professional football player. How are you getting caught doing that? So for this, that, for this generation, a lot of people don't remember what the 80s and 90s were. And this was my impression of the Falcons before I moved up here. They were in the old NFC West, so they played the Niners. Was it the Niners, Niners, the Rams, and the Cardinals, I think, were in the division? Yep. The only time I ever saw them in South Florida was when the Falcons were playing the Niners in a 430 kick or they were playing the Cowboys in a 430 kick. And typically those were games the Falcons lost 55 to 10. So when I moved here, I was like, oh, my God, now i got to live in a city with this NFL team. And lo and behold, they go 14-2 and the first year I'm here upset the Vikings and go to the Super Bowl. So and they suck you right in. Yeah, and I was like, holy cow, they're good. And, you know, then Mike Vick was here shortly thereafter. Yeah, and they right. were the most exciting thing to watch. And, you know, unfortunately, it's been more downs than up. Although, you know, with Matt Ryan for all those years, I always felt like there was a puncher's chance at every game they were going to be yeah. in because you had a quarterback. Had, keep had a franchise quarterback, yeah. Yep. Well, Wish we had him now. I know, gosh. Okay, yeah. I'm going to bring in uh, Dane Young. Dane, they're about to get started on Film Don't Lie here on the channel, but we've had a pretty good, uh, interesting conversation here with John Michaels, 6A the fan. So Eddie and Andy keep bringing in the, the big timers here. So uh, you're going to step your game up. <laughs> what do you do, Paul? I, I'm just here. I make, I, yeah, I, I run the show is all. I just send the link out. Yeah. He's great at it. He's great at it. So, yeah. 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 But, uh, guys, make sure you stick around out. for uh, Dane Young and Brent Rollins' Film Don't Lie. Uh, hey, guys, I got one more thing before we go. Okay. My niece plays volleyball for the Hart County High School, and they are going to the playoffs. I want to shout out Hannah Harris and Hart County High School. Hopefully, they can go win those playoffs. There you go. Let's go. Dane, what are you guys talking about tonight? Uh, The live show that we're doing right after this is just all the offensive mistakes that Georgia made against Vanderbilt. So, you'll see um, some inaccurate quarterback passing, some issues on the offensive line, um, not talking a lot about Brock Bowers um, because it's all based on injury status, but George is inconsistent, and we'll try to show you why. Mm. And and are they inconsistent because Brock Bowers isn't on the field? 
Well, you're not as good of a team when your best player leaves the field. Exactly. Uh, McConkie's not there as well. Yeah, that's got a lot. So. Well, the best player on this team is going to check us all out, guys. We appreciate you so much for watching the All Things Georgia show. Thank Andy you, John. Show. Eddie from Akron. John. John, thank you guys. so much. Hey, John, stick around. We're, we're getting out of here, and we'll talk to you right after the show. Thanks again, guys, and we'll see you next Sunday. Who knows who Eddie and Andy's bringing on? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we get Dan Marino in here next week. We'll see you soon.